It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Okay. I'm recording because if you need to refer back to any of these lessons that we've done over the months, you should be able to pick up the recording by just putting in the call ID. And then you can look it up on the page, the date of the recording, and then you'll be able to uh, tap into some of the things we've said. I uh, was looking back over my notes from the very first one we did and the second and the third, and there were some very important key points that, that we, we, we talked about that laid the foundation for what we're doing now where the book is concerned, okay? I really believe that we've got to sharpen our skills in this hour. I probably tell you this every single solitary uh, week or month or every time I talk to you, and I will continue to tell you this. We cannot afford to be lazy. We can't afford to be lax. Some of us are just too laid back where God is concerned. And we have allowed other things to come in and creep in and push us away from him being our priority. We have family. We have children. We have jobs. We have bills. We have issues. And they're not going away. And so while you're waiting for things to calm down, I can assure you that the enemy is going to keep things kicked up so you can't get where you need to go. So you're going to have to make a decided effort to make the change yourself. It's not going to happen if you don't put the time in to make it happen. Amen? Amen. 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 Y'all talk to me. Okay? So um, I know some of you are honed in and some of you are still kind of – Messing with it. It's a challenge. It's going to always be a challenge because there's always going to be stuff going on. That's not going to change. So we're going to have to learn how to change to the point where we have God in that prioritized place uh-huh. so that when we call on his name. I was talking about this on Saturday. I, had a, I fell asleep and I woke up, and when I woke up, I woke up literally almost speaking something out of my mouth, and it said, from my lips to God's ears. And I was like, Lord, what is that? What are you talking about? What is, is that a book you're trying to give me? And then the words started coming. And because I didn't have a pencil around, I got my phone recorder, and I started speaking into my phone. And I want you to understand that I am not one of those kind of people I'm not. I'm not like uh, 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 Paul Timothy, Paul's grand, Timothy's grandmother, or somebody Timothy's grandmother. I, I have. I don't spend day and night in the temple praying. Okay, for mm-hmm. me to pray is a challenge. I have to make a conscious decision to pray. It just doesn't come easy like that to me. People look at me and they think that. Oh, I just, it's just easy for you. You're just an intercessor. I don't have the gift of intercession. I have the spirit that moves upon me from time to time to, to deeply intercede. And other times I have to make a conscious decision to pray. I'm saying that to you because a lot of times our prayer life suffers because we don't make a conscious decision to pray. We can't just fit him in on the run. Okay, if you if you're on your way to work and 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 you find time to pray while you're on your way to work, that's good. But there ought to be some time where you get up an hour early and say, "Lord, I'm going to give you this time." These things will work for you if you work it. But if you don't work it, they will never work for you. They'll just be things that you hear about. Right. But if you work it, it will change your life. And it will make the difference between hot and cold. I was talking today to uh, Brother Reggie, and I was telling him that I can discern the heat that comes off people. 
All I have to do is be in your presence five or ten minutes, and I can pretty much tell where you are in the Lord, whether you're hot or whether you're cold. You can talk to me in the deepest way and talk to me like you got it going on, and I can still tell whether you're hot or whether you're cold. You understand? When you've been in the presence of the Lord, that fire that God is comes off of you. And anyone who is tapped into the real presence of God will be able to tell you've been with Jesus. If you're there with me, say amen. Y'all know you got to talk and I can't amen. see you. Amen. We hear you. Amen. Okay. All right. So that's where we're transformed. Before I go into this lesson, you know, I've got to give you this exhortation. <laughs> That's where we're transformed. That's where we're changed. It's in his presence. I was talking to the pastor's wife yesterday, and I was telling her, I'm not here because of the name of this place. I'm here because God is here. I want to be any place that he is. I'm tired of going in and out of these churches, and God ain't there. Amen. I don't go to church for church's sake. I don't have time to be sitting inside the building just because it's a habit. I need to be able to touch heaven every time I walk in that place. But not only that, but on a daily basis so that when I get ready to pray, I ain't got to drum up the prayer. I can step into his presence because I want to live my life in his presence. The scripture said in his presence is what? Come Come on. In his presence, fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I want to be sure that I have the fullness because there's too much stuff out here to deal with. It is too hard to live in this world without Jesus. Amen. And the enemy really wants us to get so busy and so tied up with the affairs of this life that we can't even have time for the thing that means the most to us. So the scripture says, no soldier entangles himself with the affairs of this life so that he may please him who has called him to be a soldier. Amen. 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 So let's get ourselves honed in on God. You know, let's put some things in order. Order is very, very important. God is a God of order. When your yes. life is out of order and things are out of I hate, sometimes I hate the way I have to live here because we're so cramped in and we got stuff everywhere. And this is disorder. And when I get ready to do something, it takes twice as much effort to do it than if something had been in an orderly fashion. Let me give you an example. I got shoes stacked up in boxes on the shelf. When I get ready to look for a pair of shoes, all I got to do is look at the box and I know which shoes I have. But I don't have room for all my shoes. So I've got other shoes in a basket. When I get ready for shoes, I got to dig in the basket. I got to go through 10 different pairs to get to one. Take 10 times the time that it took for me to look up there and get one. This order will keep you away from the things of God. Because God, God is a God of order. Amen. Amen. So we press. None of us is apprehended. None of us has overcome everything. We're all infirmed in some way or another. We all got quirks and quacks, and we all got things that we deal with within ourselves. But we must deal with our issues. We must deal with our issues. Yes. Because we're in the process of becoming. We're becoming like Christ. We're on a journey. We're not stuck in one place. The kingdom of God is in motion, and God is taking us toward a destiny. He wants to use our life, but he wants to establish himself within us. And if we can just get out the way, (laughs) oh, God, (laughs) hallelujah, (laughs) if we can (laughs) just get out the way, and let God truly have his way, he'll change a lot of things for us. And some of these issues that we're dealing with that seem to be so large, some of these mountains, they'll become molehills in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Um, let's start here uh, with thrust into the promised land. Thank you, Jesus. 
Whoo, y'all, y'all don't know. I'm stirred up. I tell you, I'm ready. I'm conference ready. <laughs> I'm stirred <laughs> up. There's an anointing that comes on me at conference time that is unbelievable. It comes on me every time I need it to go forth and, and to do some of the things that God would have me to do. And I'm telling you, I am stirred up. I had a time yesterday in the Lord, and, and I wasn't there because, you know, I, it wasn't just a shout down. Oh, my God, we were in his presence yesterday. And I'm telling you, I'm riled. All right. Thrust into the promised land. The Elijah Revolution tsunami will thrust us upon the nation and into our promised land. A parallel in the book of Joshua serves to give us an even more uh, give us even more insight into what will take place. As we explore this book, we will see that it's more than inspirational. It's also strategically relevant. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want to say about strategic relevance is that God, whatever he does in one season, in one time in life, when God moves, he shows he can show up in that same way in another dispensation. That's the word I'm looking for, in another dispensation. So we're now in a dispensation of grace. We're not in the times of the Old Testament, but we're in a dispensation of grace. See, but these things that came before, they came before to show us the true move of God and how God operates. Can you, can you understand that? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right? For every battle that Joshua fought or any of them fought, there was a strategy. God is strategic in his action mm-hmm. because when he gives you the battle plan, he gives you the strategy. You can't even defeat the enemy unless you understand how to defeat him. And the strategy is the battle plan. When Gideon defeated the Midianites, God gave him a strategy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his courage that defeated them. It wasn't even their might because they were scared out of their mind. The Midianites, from what I understand, were such great, there were so great numbers that when they rode their camels, the sky got dark from the dust. Oh, wow. That's how many Midianites it was. But when they used the strategy of God and they followed God's plan, they were Mm -hmm. able to defeat him. God spooked them, and they were scared to death of little old Gideon who had been hiding in the bottom of a wine press. Come on now. God is an awesome God. And when we follow his strategy, we always win. It's when we get caught up in wanting to do things our way that we get out of the way of God that's when things get kind of hairy. So Joshua 3 describes Israel's crossing the Jordan River. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, Then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. The coming tsunami will project us into a place we've never been before. And sometimes when I hear this man talk about it in this book, it almost sounds a little surreal especially if you look at what's actually going on in the world today. The chaos is so insurmountable, if that's the correct word, that it almost looks like what hope could we possibly have of ever rising up against this. But we forgot. We talk about how great our God is, but he wants to show us his greatness. Mm -hmm. And he's going to show us his greatness. Mm Israel had lived in large, uh, lived in bondage to Egypt for 400 years. They had also lived 40 years in the wilderness. The one place they had never yet been was the place of their ultimate destiny, the promised land. Everything would be different in this place, and they would see and experience things that they had never before seen or experienced. For that reason, they were instructed to be ready for the unexpected. You have not passed this way before. 
This, of course, is an important message for us today. The Elijah Revolution crossover will take us into dimensions we have never seen before. This means we'll not be able to say things like, oh, yeah, this is like the Protestant Reformation. Oh, yeah, this is like the, uh, I mean, this is like the Great Awakening in Jonathan Edwards' day, or this is like the Welsh Revival, or even the Azusa Street Revival. The healing movement of the 40s or 50s or the Jesus movement of the 60s, there will be nothing to compare it to because God isn't trying to get us to relive history. The dimensions of the revolution will be very different in the past. Israel Amen. was just a circling in the wilderness and remembering every place they arrived at from the last time they were there. I want to say something about that. I um, have it in my mind that I know a lot of times when we think of Egypt, we think about coming out of sin. We usually use the terminology of Egypt when we talk about being in sin. But I want to tell you that this religious spirit that rules in the traditional churches is a type of Egypt. Mm. It has held the people of God in bondage to the point where they don't even know their God anymore. They don't know their God. They don't, the reason that they don't have a mind to impact the world is because they have been taught only to move within their circle. And so they have been going around and around in that circle for God knows how many years. But we're in the season now where God is bringing us out. Amen. God is raising up those with a new mind. He's healing us from the bondages of Egypt. And he's raising up new Caleb's, and he's raising up new Joshua's. And those that we minister to, those that we bring forward in this time, they will not have been in Egypt at all. So they will not know what those bondages are. They will only know the forward place. They'll know the promised land that we teach them about. Can you, can you relate to what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Are there any comments? Well, that's something that you and I talk about quite frequently, Apostle. Uh-huh. Um, we, we've, you've been talking to me about that for the last two, three months, uh, you know, about the religious versus the, the traditional versus the non-traditional, about, about getting people to Christ and not being worried about church. And so, that, so I can relate. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because we've been talking about it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let me see. Every experience carried some degree of deja vu factor. Now, however... They were told to fasten their seatbelts, <laughs> for you have not been this way before. Israel was told to follow the Ark of the Covenant, the vessel of the presence of God, by 2,000 cubits. Israel would not dare enter the land without coming in behind his, this holy presence. 2,000 cubits is very prophetic measure that gives us some insight into the specific timing of our crossing over. So, in other words, he's talking about the 2,000 years, okay? Jesus Christ would become a prophetic fulfillment of the ark, the vessel of the presence of God, as he was God in the flesh. And in him dwelt what? All the fullness fullness of the Godhead, bodily. That's Mm -hmm. what the scripture says. Interestingly, we know we are now about 2,000 years after Jesus made his appearance on earth. Prophetically, that seems to give us a symbolic timing element for our revolutionary crossover into the promised land. So we, we, we should be able to discern the time. We need to be like the sons of Issachar because of the fact that we have the Holy Spirit in us, and the Spirit of God will reveal the times in which we live in. The problem is that when you've been in Egypt and you've been in bondage, you can't see any further than your nose. Hello? Would you also say that a lot of the changes that have occurred in the last few years have broken off some of the bondages that maybe our the generation before us had? Because they were the they prayed in a lot of stuff, but they didn't have a lot of words. And then we came along and learned the word. Hello. Hello. Yes. Hello. 
She's here. She said, hold on just a moment. She has a glitch. Okay. Okay. He said, you guys continue on. She's come, She's trying to fix it. Okay. Hold on one second. The new phones, they'll get you. Is everybody there? Yes. I'm sorry. Something something happened to my phone. So if you can still hear me, I'll just go forward with it like this. And um, she's going to try to go back into the call. End it and maybe restart it again if you can. Okay? Okay. All right. I'm sorry, y'all. So what was that? Um, you were talking about our timing, and we need to be able to discern because we're close to the 2000, we're past 2000 years. Okay. And then my old phone number, 702-883-6400. Hello? Here. Here. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry, y'all. We got a little cross up here. I'm on Parisha's phone now. Hello? Yep, we're here. Okay, okay. All right, I hear things happening. I don't know what's going on. All right, so we because we have the Holy Spirit, we need to be able to discern. Yep. Did we lose her again? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, right. we, we have to be able to discern the signs of the times. Now, everybody seems to know that we're coming to the end, and people are talking like Jesus is going to come at any minute, and I really pray that he doesn't. Because we're not ready. Okay? So so uh, we haven't done the work that needs to be done. Yeah. Okay, I'm back, y'all. Can you hear me all right now? Yes. Yeah. All right. Sorry, we got straight now. Thank you, Parish. God knows I'm glad you was on the line tonight. Okay. Um, so we better hope he doesn't come. Because if he comes, there's so many of us that are not really prepared because we haven't done the work that we need to do. Mm-hmm. So what he's talking about in this revolution is he's talking about an empowerment, not just a revival, because when you say revival, people think about revivals in the church. They think about the revivals from the 60s and how we used to have church and folks would be getting saved left and right. But we don't need a church building for people to get saved. That's one of the things we have to come to understand. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is just walk in the power of God. We should be able uh, – anybody know um, um, uh, Pastor Anthony Butt? Yes. No. No. Well, no. Um, Pastor Anthony Butt, uh, he's, he's a minister. He came out of St. Stephen's. He's here in, in, in San Diego. He goes around healing folks randomly everywhere he goes. There was a man whose hip was broken. He was a, a derelict, and his hip was broken and he was walking with a crutch, and he was in a lot of pain, and, and, and Anthony asked him, could he pray for him? And the man agreed to pray for him, and while his hands was on him, God re-set uh, uh, those bones in the man's hip, and the pain went away. Wow. And this was a transient. He does this kind of thing all the time. See, mm-hmm. if we can just get our mind wrapped around the things of God, we'll go beyond the walls, and we'll go past the barriers that have kept us in bondage in this Egyptian state of mind for so many years. So I was saying today we've got to think differently to be able to act differently. That's one of the reasons why we've got to read books like this that kind of spark us and let us know that there's more to reach for, there's more to look for, and that God is still the same God that he was in the Bible. hmm all right. All right. Hosea six two also. Hosea six two also lends support to this possibility. After two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. We are told in Second Peter two and eight that the Lord, with the Lord, is what a day is as a thousand. Thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Using these mathematics, after two days translates after two thousand years. Okay, so 
he's giving you the premise for which he has all this information, okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to skip a little bit. We're going to jump around a little bit to uh, page 31. The reason he is reviving is it's not so he can rapture us before the enemy wipes us out. Rather, he is reviving us to raise us up. The Hebrew quam means to arise and become powerful, to fulfill, to rise up and impose. Before he raptures us or takes us away, he's going to make us powerful. Before he bursts through the clouds to come get us, we're going to fulfill our mission and assignment. That mission and assignment is to, uh, that mission and assignment is to impose the desires of heaven on the earth. And and this is why I have so many problems with some of the stupid things people say on Facebook. I mean, honest to God, if you're going to be stupid, you ain't got to go national with it, okay? <laughs> Can you keep it in a local place? You know what I'm saying? Uh, here this woman, this woman of God was standing up for our rights. She has this job. Yes, she has this job. And yes, God tells us to obey the laws of the land. But one young lady asked me, she said, to what extent should we obey the laws of the land? I said, never to the extent where it causes us to compromise righteousness. Never to the extent where it causes us to deny God. Never. You understand? Even if it means they'll lock us up. The apostles didn't run from being locked up. Neither did Jesus. Even if it means that they kill us. Uh, we have to be martyred. We have to be willing to stand even in the face of that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, I know, I know, I know. It's going to take some kind of courage to do this. But we've got to get the mindset. The only way we're going to be able to do greater works is we've got to think greater things. We've got to get past the bondages that have been on our minds that have caused us to see things in one way. Because God is not limited and he ain't stuck in no box. That's right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. God. All right. The reason he, okay, I read that part. Um, before he burst through the clouds, all right, I read that part. Uh, we will fulfill Jesus' prophetic prayer of Matthew 6 and 10, that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, to establish heavenly reality before he comes. We're very familiar with the future reign of our king, but he also has a present and ever-increasing reign. Isaiah 9, 7 tells us of the increase of his government. There will be no end. His government, and remember the definition that I gave you all about kingdom. Do you all remember the definition? I don't. I always tell you to have notebooks. Write this stuff down. I hear pages flipping. Somebody got a notebook. Somebody's looking for it. What kingdom means. I made some notes here for myself Mm. to remind you all to do that. Okay. Did anybody find it? Yeah, I can. All right, here we go. A kingdom is the governing influence of a king over his territory. Anybody remember that? A kingdom is the governing influence of a king over his territory. Can you all hear me all right? Yes, ma'am. Impacting it with his will, purpose, and intention. Kingdom is directly affected by the mind of the king. A kingdom is a citizenry that produces the culture and the nature of the king. Anybody remember that? I, I'm going to be honest with you, Apostle. I have it written down, but I can't find my folder right now. I do have, I really remember writing that down, but I can't find my, my folder. You need to keep this. You need to keep this in the forefront of your mind because it gives you a complete understanding of why it's necessary that we understand the kingdom of God. See? Because where this governing influence is not, neither is God. 
So if God is not in rule and he's not in control, and I'm telling you, we see this on a regular basis, man's whims, man's ideas, man's thoughts at work, and not God being in control, not the mind of the king, but the mind of the pastor or the mind of the leader. And I'm not putting pastors down because some of you are pastors, but you got to be right in this season. Amen. You can't deal with the old way pastors used to be. Too many of you have come back to me and told me some of the cockeyed things that some of the older pastors have said to you that you know was way out of the way. And we can't do that. Because Amen. what we pass down to the people that God relevant, uh, 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 brings towards us is we've got to pass down the whole truth. Mm-hmm. Right. We can't give them a tainted truth. We can't give them a, an ambiguous truth. We've got to give them clear, defined truth. So you've got to keep the mind, the understanding of this definition. A kingdom is the governing influence of a king over his territory impacting it with his will, purpose, and intention. And you can come back and get the recording if you need to write it later, okay? Mm-hmm. Kingdom is directly affected by the mind of the king. To me, this brings so much clarity. A kingdom is a citizenry that produces the culture and nature of the king. So if you got one foot in the world, that tells me that you don't have you, you you're not a part of the kingdom. You might be at the church, but you ain't a, you, you're not a part of the kingdom, because if you're not affected by the mind of the king and the nature of the king, and your nature is something different, then there's a conflict there. I would think, huh? Yeah. Glory means the full expression of a thing, the full weight of it. So God wants to fill the earth with His full nature. Image means nature. Adam nature when he disobeyed God, so the glory has been smothered by our rebellion. People need to be able to look at us and see what heaven is like by our nature and our attitude and our cultural response. Religion mm-hmm. produces a system that people try to follow, a list of rules. A kingdom produces a culture, which means a lifestyle that is natural, socially transmitted behaviors that are intended to change even those that are around us. So culture, mm-hmm. a culture is a socially transmitted behavior. Some things we do culturally. Some things we do that are not necessarily biblical, but they're cultural. Black people worship this way. White folks worship that way. Mixed churches worship this way. One person mm-hmm. believes this. One person believes the other. Some people believe you shouldn't wear pants. Some people believe it doesn't even make a difference. Some folks believe this. Some folks believe that. Whatever culture, whatever the culture is, has impacted the environment and the way people think. Right. Okay? So Mm -hmm. when we have the nature of the king that's ruling our lives, the nature of the king must impact everything that's around us and everything that we come in contact with. I'm not just talking about holiness. I'm talking about the full mind and nature of God, his mm-hmm. creative nature, his, his graceful nature, his love, his everything that is God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because, you know, I mean, let's face it, we're made in his image to be like him, to be like him. Okay, where are we at? Of his government, there will be no end. His government will always be on the increase here on earth as we arise and impose the will of God. The victims of our imposing are not people. People will benefit greatly. And this is real key, so mark it in your book. The victims will be demonic powers and principalities. All else will take care of itself as we accomplish this assignment. Israel did not own land, nor did they possess cities or nations. While they were in the wilderness for 40 years, they were survivalists with a defensive mentality. Uh, Does anybody think I need to address that? No. The nature of a survivalist with a defensive mentality. 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 What is that? What is that saying as far as defensive mentality? 
the way they looked at things or ever talk to anybody who's deeply in the holiness church and try to bring them into a new understanding of what the move of God is for this hour? Okay, so anybody ever try to do that? Anybody ever try to teach them what the kingdom of God was really all about? No. Okay, well, if you ever try to do it, find out what will happen. They will defend what they know to be holy, and they will defend it with, I'm telling you, they will, they will defend it with everything in them. Because when you start talking the kingdom of God to them, they act like you're talking heresy. Is somebody singing in the background? That might be somebody TV or something. You can't be Hello? singing and listening at the same time. Yes. <laughs> Stop singing so you can listen. There's a time for everything. Okay. Their minds and spirits have been shut down to their potential by 400 years of servitude in Egypt. They had an ingrained poverty spirit brought on by a history of just trying to survive. Though God was supernaturally able to extract them from Egypt in just one day, it took him 40 years to extract Egypt from them. In fact, only two, Joshua and Caleb, were taken all the way from Egypt to the promised land. All the others died in their unbelief on the way. Once they crossed the Red Sea, the promised land could have been theirs in a matter of days from a geographical standpoint. Yet it was 40 years before the people of Israel finally crossed the Jordan and began to make the nation uh, and begin to take the nations that were promised to them. We don't need it to be 40 years. We don't need to wander for 40 years to possess the promised land of God. Mm-hmm. We've just got to get a new mentality, you all. We've got to start thinking differently. Yes, I know you believe the things of God, but do you act on the things of God because you believe them? No. See, the scripture says, Faith without works is dead being of itself. We seem to have borders that we don't want to cross. Sometimes we don't want to make waves. We don't want to stir up any confusion in the world. In other words, we don't want to let them know, you know, it's just better for us to back down and go mind our little church businesses than it is to try to take what we have out there and try to change the world with it. Mm -hmm. But we will never possess what God has told us to possess thinking like that which is why I commended the young woman for standing up for what was right on that job. She said, I will not issue any same-sex marriage licenses. And I tell you today, I will stand up. I am not marrying those same-sex folks. I don't care what the government says. Me neither. And I'm not marrying any unequally yoked folks ever again. And I don't care what the people in the church say. Amen. Amen. Because I think God is going to hold us accountable for these things that we do on our own volition without uh, following the plan and the, and, and, and the way he has set for us. And that's what we talk about. That's when we talk about the Egyptian mindset, the bondages that are on our mind. Those are the kind of things that keep us from being able to do the things that, that, that we need to do. Any questions? Um, I have a I have an opinion I'd like to express is that I see a lot of parallel between a lot of things that are going on in our own culture and this. Come on with it, Pastor Linda. I I just see a lot. I, I'm looking at the forty years and how for some of us it's been forty years, and maybe we got a little bit of something. We got out to the promised land, but you know, we got a little bit of milk and honey, but we didn't really go far with it. I see well, the same thing even with the church. For some reason, we thought because we could buy a, a new car and we could drive Cadillacs and we could buy a home, that was milk and honey. That ain't milk and honey. No. I, just, milk- I was reading that part that says they were survivalists with a defensive mentality. We yeah, are still yeah. defending ourselves, who we are, 
that our great-grandmama was a slave and our mama came through this and our daddy was this, and and, and we've, been, we've been busy trying to make it. Oh, yeah, well, we stepped up on jobs. We might have gotten a fairly decent-paying job, but maybe we could have been the boss or the CEO or maybe we could have started our own company, but we stayed there. I can only speak for myself. I can't tell nobody else, but I know for me. I stayed there and I was comfortable because I felt like my children depended on me when I could have been so much more. Defensive attitude or defensive mentality, rather. Amen. When we That's just all I'm all, saying. When, when all we do is church, what does that say about us? <laughs> Maybe we can't make our own decisions. We can't really touch God for ourselves. Because no, think about what I'm saying. When I will think about what I'm saying. I took a poll years ago, and I'm still doing it from time to time because this is the way I open up the door to give people a better understanding of some things. And the poll that I took was I asked people, why did Jesus die on the cross? It's just a simple thing. I might have asked some of you the same question. Why did he die on the cross? We could go so far as to say he died for our sins. We could even say he died to reconnect us to him. Jesus died to reconnect us to the Father. But we never could go past that. If that's all we know, then how do we do the rest of it? There has to be, and and he talks about it in this chapter, and I'm not going to go detail for detail with it because time is getting away from us. But he talks about the correlation of man between man and earth. Understand that God used the earth and put himself inside the earth. He made us out of dirt and put himself in the dirt. So he correlated us with himself and with the dirt. He brought the earth and the heavens together. Does that make any sense to you? Yes. Does anybody see what I'm saying to you? Everything, because he relegated earth to man's authority, everything in this earth is affected by us. He made us from the dirt so we would have that connection to it. He made us from the earth. Let's not say dirt. Let's say earth. He made us from the earth so that we would be directly connected to it. And then he took and put himself inside of it Mm -hmm. and made us a living being. When he breathed into man, he didn't just breathe breath. He breathed spirit. Amen. And man became a living soul. Yes. So Mm. he made a direct marriage between earth and heaven. And he put us here to rule earth while he ruled heaven and he rules us. He he uses us in that as, as sort of a, what is the word, a steward over the earth. Can you see it? Yes, because he put us there to dress the earth. I mean, to dress the garden. He put us so here yes, to he rule made us a steward over the earth. Do you understand that earth is always going to be man's forte? We talked about going to heaven, but do you, hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He talks about, we talk about heaven, but do you realize that it is earth? John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The purpose that God had in the beginning was for man to have dominion, to rule over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every living thing on earth, not each other, but on earth. He was the only one that was to rule over us, and we were to rule over the earth. So if all Jesus died to do was to save our souls, then what other purpose do we have? That's why people are still sitting in the church and they're not concerned about anything else that goes on in the world. In their minds, they're just going to go to church and they're going to be good Christians and God's going to come and rapture them out and there ain't nothing else to worry about. But that's not the truth of the matter. That's not the whole truth. Anything that God does, he has a purpose. And God's purpose was placed on us. And yes, we are to reign and rule this place, but we are to establish the righteousness of God in the earth. Nobody ain't saying nothing. Are y'all there? 
Mm-hmm. Well, listen. Okay. Okay. I'm going to jump real quick. Uh, page what? 33. And he says, um, here, I was talking. To this point in history, we mainly have wilderness testimonies about how the Lord, this is page 33, how the Lord intervened at the last moment and provided for a basic need. He said, I was facing eviction from my house, but somebody gave us a check out of nowhere, for example, or my phone was about to be cut off, and then the Lord came through. These are truly testimonies of God's goodness, and it's important that we be told, that they be told. But it is still far below what God had in mind for us. An example of a promised land testimony as opposed to the wilderness testimony would be our 12-year-old went to the local hospital, laid hands on the building itself, and suddenly, one by one, all the sick came out of the hospital, totally healed. It is the same grace and power, but in an extremely higher measure. Greater measure, greater grace, and greater power, except by greater faith. Are you there with me? Mm Mm-hmm. This kind of testimony of God's power is what the Elijah revolution will reveal. If you read on, did anybody read any further than that? Okay, well, that's why we can't get no further. I can't, that's why it's so hard to push through these things because you're not doing your reading. If you read any further, he talks about the difference between uh, the salvation uh, of God and kingdom, the kingdom of God, okay? We understand salvation. Jesus died on the cross to redeem us. We understand that. But that's not the end of the story. There's more to it than that is the point I'm trying to get you to understand. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to jump here. He says, every time a miracle, I'm all the way over on page 34 now, I think it is. He says, every time a miracle of emergent provision took place, it was yet another reminder that Israel was a stiff-necked and unbelieving people who were not where they were supposed to be. They were in need of an Elijah revolution to understand their call and destiny just as we are. So while we talk about having faith, when it comes to putting our faith to the test, what happens? We are nonchalant. Have we you ever on somebody and commanded them to get up? Hmm? Or did you just pray for them and say it's going to be all right? Unfortunately, the latter. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. We all have been there because that's the way we think, and that's as far as our faith has taken us. But if we're going to do greater works, we've got to have greater faith. We've got to see God on a, on a, on a greater level. Let me tell you something, and I, and I just want to say this because I'm saying this because I love you. I'm saying it because I care, and I'm saying it because I really want you to understand. This ain't no joke for me. This is not like, um, it's not like I'm getting a weekly paycheck to get on this line and do this. This is the love of God towards you, that God would provide a time for you to get what you need to build you up in your inner man, that you would become all that God would have you to be. Are you all understanding that? Yes. Yes. That's why sometimes I'm truly... I don't want to say offended. I don't want to use it that way. But I'm disturbed, definitely, when we act like it ain't nothing. I mean, I could actually be doing something else just like you all manage to do whenever you get ready to. I could actually be doing something else. But I know the urgency of the Spirit, and I know what my Father is saying, and so I press. Get a press in you. Make sure you're where you're supposed to be at the right time to receive what you need to receive from God because you're going to need it. If you plan to make it in this end time, you're going to need it. We're going to have to come out of our lazy ways. We're going to need it. 
We're going to have to sharpen our skills. We're going to have to, to, to sharpen our weapons, if you will. We're going to have to learn how to stand in God's authority and strike that rod. We've got to be able to do it or else we're going down with the rest of them. And that's Amen. the cold reality of it. Amen. I'm not asking you if this is not a rebuke. I just want us to pull up and stop letting all the cares of the world take us away from God and take us away from the place where we need to be in God and recognize when God has sent a gift to you. Recognize that you've been chosen to receive this gift. And what an honor it is that God would choose us. Yes. Hey, yes. That he would choose us. Why would he choose us yes. to receive? Oh. Why you, would Jesus. he call us out of ourselves and call us from our lackadaisicalness and call us from our laid back precarious ways? Ooh, Why would he call us into this place? Why would he call us into this place? If it wasn't Hallelujah, important. Father. Hallelujah. Look, I ain't nobody. And I ain't going to never tell you that I'm somebody great. <laughs> if my great, if there's any greatness in me, it's got to be in God. Because I ain't out here trying to make a name for myself. And if I was, believe me, I'd be getting more money than I got. I'm not about that. I'm about finishing my course. <laughs> I'm about seeing that the next generation is prepared. I'm about raising up people that are willing to fly high and know who their God is. Because mm. those who know their God will be strong and do exploits. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Baba Basai. Thank you, God Jesus. help us today, Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, oh, God. God, we reach out our hand to you and we cry, help. Help, God. Help us, oh God. Give us the mind of Christ. Help us, Lord God, to see things the way you see them. Help us, Lord God, to be concerned about your stuff. Help us, Lord God, to get our eyes off the things of the world and to fix our eyes on you. Help us, Lord God, not to be disturbed by what we see, oh God, but to know who our God is. Help us, oh God, to look beyond our circumstances that we can see the bigness of our God. Because when we look at the bigness of our circumstances, we totally and absolutely miss you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're the God of the Elijah revolution. You're the God that's coming to turn things around. You're the God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can figure out. God, we have difficulty understanding all, but God, you're able to do all, all, all things. We can understand some things. Our faith takes us into a few things. But God, help us to understand that you're the God that does all things. Yes, Lord. In your mighty name, God, we come before you, Lord, with a repentant heart. For our lackadaisical ways, oh God. Even when you put the food before us, Lord God, we don't even take time to eat it. Forgive us today, Lord God. And help us to be the ones you're calling for in this last and evil day, oh God. We used to say that in every testimony, oh God. But I want to be the one that pleases you. I want to be the one that blesses your heart, God. Thank you, God, meet us, Lord God, on this week, yeah. Lord. Pour out upon us, oh God. We need transformation, oh God. Give us a new mindset, oh God. Take us higher in you, Lord God. Help us today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Increase us, oh God. Increase our capacity, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Help us to go beyond our limitations, oh God. Help us to trust in you for all things, for you are faithful, oh God. Faithful. And you cannot lie. If you Hallelujah. said it so, it's so. If we haven't seen it, then the failure is in us, not in you, Lord. 
Help us today, Lord God. I thank you for each and every one that's on this line. I thank you for each and every one that's a part of this mentoring ministry, oh God. For you called them, not me, Lord. You chose them, Lord, not me, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, I pray, Lord Jesus, help us all today, Lord. Heal our infirmity, oh God. Help us to apprehend and overcome, oh God, our obstacles. Help us to overcome our shortcomings, Lord God. Help us to see ourselves right where we are, Lord God, that we may be able to own it so that we can be delivered from it. In the mighty name of Jesus, cover us with your blood, Lord God. We pray for those coming from Las Vegas, oh God. We pray traveling mercies over them right now, Lord God, that there'll be no accident or no incident. Bind the works of the enemy that's coming against your people today, Lord God. Bind the works of the enemy that would come against the conference. Bind the works of the enemy that would come against those on the road to try to keep them from getting here. Things that's going to kick up in their lives this week and try to throw things off course so that they can't get to the place where they need to be. Lord, teach them how to rise above. Well, you said we are the head and not the tail. We're above, Lord God, and not beneath. In the mighty name of Jesus, we lean, we lean, we lean, we lean, we lean and depend on you, Lord. You are our help, oh God. You are a very present help, oh God. In the name of Jesus, help us today, Lord God, to stand. Teach us your way, Lord God. Teach us your way. Come on, yo, that's God. Teach us your way, Lord. Teach us your way. That we might be able to please you, Lord God. Not our will be done, Lord God. Let your will be done in our lives. Show us the way, Lord God. Where you lead us, Lord God. Where you guide us, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God.
and ever. Oh, yes, God. Lord. Yes, Lord. How we bless you today, God. How we love you, Lord, God. How we love you, Lord. Help us to pull up the slack. Help us to pull up the slack and tighten the reins, oh, God. In the name of Jesus, that we may be able to run this race to the finish line, oh, God. Hallelujah, that your will in our lives may be done, and the purpose for which you put us here will be accomplished. We rest in you, Lord, God. We look to yeah. you for yeah. all things. Take away that mentality mm. that causes us to just think things are going to change on their own, Lord. Help us yeah. to understand that it's us that has to change in order for yeah. anything yeah. to change. Yeah. When we continue yeah. to do the same thing the same way, we're only going to get the same result. Yeah. Turn it around, my God. Turn it around, God. We cry out for a turnaround. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Because you are able. Yes. Hey, Hallelujah. Reveal your glory unto us, O oh God. Yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. Fill the house, Lord God, as we come together. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Our candidates for ordination, God. Thank Let you, your mantle rest on them, O oh God, in your anointing. Yes, Give them a fresh and a new anointing and a new yes, outlook, O oh God. Yes, Help us all, Lord God. Help we us, all Lord. fight these ways, God. We all struggle, Lord God. But help us to realize what's key and what's important and to push the other things aside. Help us to get our priorities straight. Yes, Lord. Mm. In the name of Jesus, help us overcome the spirit of procrastination. I curse it at its root now. In the name of Jesus, I curse that ghastly spirit of procrastination, oh God. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Your will, your will, your will, your will, your will. Your will, your will, your will, your will. Your will, God, your will, your will, your will. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you today with our whole hearts, oh, God. Yes, Lord. We humble ourselves before you. We confess, Lord God, our wrong before you. Yes. Now, Lord, help us to make it right. Help us. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Help us to stay on course. Take away, Lord God, our ability to just slide into the distraction so easy, God. Yeah. Help us to see with our eyes. Let them be open, oh God. Let us not keep going around in circles in our life, God. Bring us Mm. out, we pray, into that promised place, oh God. Help us to know you like never before, Lord God. No matter what it takes, oh God, even in the fellowship of your suffering, God, help us to know you, Lord. Help us not to be afraid, not to run from suffering, but to walk by faith. And not by sight, Lord God. (laughs) Yes, You are the true and living God. Mm. Mighty is your name. Oh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these, your children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. We're just so busy, we can't even stay on the line to finish the call. People just start going off one by one. But it's all right, Lord God. Mm. You work it out for us. According to your will, your plan, and your purpose. It's your will that we want, not our will. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord. And give me the patience to hang in there no matter what. No matter what. If there's only two of us on the line, help me to have the patience to hang in there no matter what, God. 
In Jesus' name, now bless these, your people. Watch over them and protect them. Release angels, O God, around them, warring angels, ministering angels, guardian angels. In the name of Jesus, keep us, O God. Let your angels bear us up, lest we stumble and dash our foot against the stone. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. And for your sake, O God. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. I make no apologies. Amen. My heart is full. I love you all. I love, love you, you too. Me. We love you too. We do too, Pastor. We love you. We do. I thank you. I thank you. Oh, God. We're going More than to that, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you all for the encouragement that you give me. Thank you so much. Because you all mean so much to me. You just have no idea. God engrafted you to me. And so when I don't hear from you and I don't see you and you don't plug in with me, I still got you in my heart. You're still there. You're still there. So just know that. Amen. 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 Any comments? Anybody would like to say anything else? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.